Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and normally when you're eating out, you're not thinking about your health. I mean, eating out and being healthy are not two things that normally go together. You've got to have that balance. But I have some guests on the show today who prove that eating out actually can be pretty health conscious. These are the owners and founders of Clean Slate Food Company. We've got uh, Jamin Danielson and Dylan Thompson. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Now, uh, we're, we're on video today, but for the audio version, since we've got two different voices here, I would love for you guys just to give a quick introduction, maybe introduce yourself and then give me 30 seconds on, on your cooking background. Cool. Uh, I'm Jamin Danielson, co-owner of Clean Slate Food Co. Uh, started cooking when I was like 18 years old, doing uh, at a pizza joint in Lincoln, and then moved on to a restaurant in Lincoln called Venue, and that's where I got kind of interested in the more finer side of things fine dining side of things i suppose uh where i met dylan at and um from there we worked together there for a few years and then i moved on and went to denver for about a year to work on some food trucks turns out it's expensive to live in denver and (laughs) very uh uh missed my friends and so came back and uh, Dylan had this idea, and we kind of just ran with uh, it from there. Yeah, I'm Dylan, uh, Jamin's partner. So I, my bit about me, I am a Metro culinary grad, graduated from their program in 2015. Uh, I worked at Venue, as Jamin states, met him there. I was more front of house. He was back of house. Uh, so a lot, of, a lot of conversations over some drinks at Venue. Uh, but during my time at Venue, after culinary graduation i was doing a bit of caterings kind of word of mouth in-home dinners small little catered events getting the word out and things kind of started to escalate from there uh, i was at unmc uh, catering some of their lunches for their um, some interviews that they were doing um, and they we were having a conversation with the staff and they were saying you know these doctors they know they should eat better uh, they obviously have the, the budget means but they don't have the time they don't take the time to do so could you help them out could you put together a meal plan and so i went home that day slopped together a, a menu per se of of uh, 12 menu items shot it back to them in an email and they said we love this and like 18 people wanted in on it um and right around that time jamin was coming back from denver 
popped his head into my apartment, I think unannounced at the time. <laughs> uh, Usually. And I had a bunch of groceries on my counter. He's like, what are you doing? And I explained it to him. He's like, all right, let's do this. I want in. And so that's how Clean Slate kind of got its uh, start. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea it was that random. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we were cooking out of Dylan's apartment for like the first week. It was the middle of winter and we were kind of like using the... I saw that the deck was the fridge space yeah, at yeah, that point in time. That is right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, you make do with what you have. You guys... Yeah, and then I think we did it maybe one or two weeks and then we were like, man, this is getting me to too much. And then I was the sous chef at the Nebraska club in Lincoln at the time and they were closed on Sundays. So we we're like... Well, we kind of made a deal with them to use the space on Sundays and then um, kind of grew from there almost. Yeah, we were doing everything in one day. So we were kind of looking at our, our debit accounts. Be like, all right, how much money do you have to spend on groceries? All right, let's go to Hy-Vee, <laughs> buy up all this stuff, Costco, store it outside at my apartment and just go to town. Um, yeah, and I guess we should probably explain a little bit what we we're doing. Well, right? that's what yeah. I was going to ask next mm-hmm. because – I, do, I definitely want to get more into the history, but I kind of want to introduce Clean Slate and give people a sense of really the ethos behind the company. Mm-hmm. So Clean Slate is a food delivery company. You guys also do catering. But what kind of got you on my radar was you actually opened a cafe in well near downtown Omaha in Millwork Commons early in 2023. But kind of the through line through all these businesses is the idea that yes, we're going to offer healthy food, but it's still going to be delicious. What kind of, I, I guess you kind of got into it there as you were like making food for people who wanted to be healthy, but how did that become kind of the backbone of this company that healthy food doesn't have to be bland. It doesn't have to be tasteless. It doesn't have to be just, you know, watered down vegetables, but it can be awesome stuff that people would, might assume might be hundreds of calories more than it is. Yeah, for sure. Good question. So yeah, like I mentioned, we were doing some caterings up in UNMC and uh, they had an interest in, you know, quick, convenient food that was also healthful. Um, And obviously, like I mentioned, I have a culinary background. I love food. Food's a a great passion and hobby of mine. I can, I think uh, for Jamin as well. And I've always been interested in health, but food always came first, right? Like I, I casually go to the gym less so nowadays for sure. Um, but I have always kind of gone to the gym and, and had a, a conscious mind about my health and make sure it doesn't decline, I suppose. Um, but food was first. So that's the mentality we take going into making our food is it's got to be delicious. It's cuisine centric, we kind of say, but it's helpful. It's not healthy, right? It's just healthful. It's made Ooh, I like with, that. Yeah. Yes. It's made with with whole ingredients. Um, you know, we use minimally processed stuff. We make pretty much everything from scratch. We want food that is super delicious uh, and kind of makes you feel delicious after you eat it too. So, yeah, portion control is a huge thing, right? You know, it's easy to overeat. So you you get this thing, you're like, all right, this is how much I'm eating. And also, just like Dylan was saying, it's like it's stuff we want to eat first. Like everything we when we make this menu is like, would we eat this? You know, and if we wouldn't, we're probably not going to put it on a menu. We also get a lot of people that, you know, a big thing about our meal set is it comes as is. So there, we get a lot of people that say like, oh, I would never think about trying this or this is something I would never even consider trying, you know. So I think that's something that we're pretty proud of is that we put new stuff in front of people, too. Mm-hmm. And talking specifically about that, that uh, weekly meal service, you guys offer two menus each week. One is... Um, plant-based and one one you call omnivorous so meat eaters plant eaters alike can enjoy it 
Um, and it's got kind of five main dishes on there, including a salad and a soup, and then one dessert or baked goods, something along those lines. How did you determine that like that was going to be the the offering that you were going to have each week? Good question. So the plant based kind of came from a need. Um, people were asking for vegetarian slash vegan options, uh, and we definitely saw a lack of catering to to those folk in, within the market, especially like in Nebraska. It's you know, very cattle and corn centric, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Meat and potatoes, right. man. Yeah, we all love them, but you know, some plants are good for you every once in a while too. So we definitely saw an underserved market, and and that definitely uh, rang true because. When we first started, the major, the vast majority of our orders were plant-based. We kind of hit that niche market before people knew about us, um, you know, because when you have kind of those special dietary needs, you're you're on the Google, you're searching for options, um, and we definitely found to be a good a good source for them. Um, and then otherwise, yeah, we we knew we had to offer something that's a little bit more for everyone. So then we just added the the meat proteins alongside. So every meal has the the base of the plant-based. Um, so it's kind of balanced out, you know, you've got a good balance of carbs, proteins, uh, fats, kind of all in balance. And then for the omnivorous, we add the, the meat protein to give a little bit more sustenance up the calories, just a little bit more. Gotcha. So there's a, um, cliche in food that fat is flavor and in a lot of cases that can absolutely be true. But as we've talked about, it doesn't necessarily have to be. What are, and you mentioned, Jamin, portion control is a big one, mm-hmm. but what are some other ways that you guys have found like some, some, uh, just some tips, some techniques where you can shave off a little bit of sodium, some calories, some fat, and still have awesome food, but feel good stamping that healthful, not necessarily healthy, but healthful stamp on it. Yeah. I mean, you know, when we got into this, we were both very, I was working at least in kitchens where like you use butter and everything. You use cream so much and everything. Butter, you know, risotto, risotto, you put so much butter in that. That's the secret to every good That's restaurant. That, right? so There's butter in everything, right? Yes. And like, don't get me wrong. There's love, butter in butter. Yeah, right, exactly. We love, we love cooking with it and it's fun, but like this kind of made us think in a different way. How are we going to make this taste good while at the same time, not putting just a bunch of like fat in it. Right. So like one thing we we do is like we make like garlic oil. We make like two or three gallons of garlic oil every week. And that's like the base of how we make our soups and everything. Um, I think a variety of ingredients too, yeah, you know, absolutely. like you eat with your eyes first, right? So when you open up that package, like there's a ton of different ingredients, a ton of different like colors and flavors, textures, you know, that's super important for us. Yeah. Um, Top to bottom when we're planning these menus, we think like, you know, uh, what's going in and as far as like the texture the flavor and yeah. How's that all going to come together in the end for the person that's going to eat it? Yeah. Then like bright acids are big for me. It's like you mentioned mm. reduction of sodium. You know, you won't miss sodium as much if you have a pop of flavor, like acids hit that of the front part of your palate, you know, first and kind of make you salivate and makes everything taste a little bit brighter. Um, so that's an easy way to kind of reduce sodium. So yeah, we, we do what we can to, to make it not just be reliant on heavy fat, I don't know. I would love to pull one specific example and get you guys' take on this because you, on one of your menus back in March, you ran an Italian melt. Now, that's something, no part of that, if you're going to a sandwich shop, is your doctor recommending that. I mean, we're talking all kinds of melted cheese, 
you know, probably pepperoni, salami, and maybe mortadella, a bunch of processed meat. How did you guys take that and make a healthful version of it? Well, not everything is extremely healthy. We'll <laughs> we, de- we definitely tend to have some, you know, some some items that are are a little bit more satisfying, a little bit more comfort, you know, less like not everything is going to be, you know, doctor proof stamped. But nonetheless, I think we take those like a sandwich like that. We kind of load it up with veggies as well. Um, and like our spreads, we do, you know, a plant-based like mayo. Um, and so that is usually blended with with tofu and a bit of oil. And we use nutritional yeast and roasted garlic and all these things rather than just like eating two ounces of mayo. So stuff like that to kind of, you know, hone it back or, or reel it back just a little bit on on a sandwich that you would normally think is super gluttonous. So we do what we can. But like I said, we still uh, we still eat good food. Right. Sure, so. Well, I and I think so much of it and we already touched on this, but it's it's the size of the meal. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to get, you know, if you go to Subway and get one of those sandwiches, yeah, it's a foot long. It's right. it's going to knock you out for the rest of the day. But like, I, I'm going to be totally honest. The last time I came in, I got that pork loin sandwich. It was absolutely delicious. When it came out, I was thinking to myself, wow, this, this looks a little smaller than mm-hmm. I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And then I finished it and I was like, I'm, I'm full. I'm good. Satisfied. I don't need to eat more. I think yeah. we just, especially in the Midwest, we have this idea that we just need to eat so much. But when we actually do just eat the right amount, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I, I'm I'm good now. I think yeah. it takes your stomach, what, like seven to ten minutes to mm-hmm. catch up to your brain? To tell it like, hey, man, whoa, I'm full. We're good. Right? <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, that's a big thing, too. You wolf down a sandwich, you're like, oh, well, now I need fries and everything, yeah. too. But, yeah, definitely, like you like you said, the, the portion control has been huge. And, you know, with we put our macros on there fat content, protein, all that. And it's, it's really helpful for people. We have people coming to the cafe a lot and just tell us, you know, how much they appreciate us having that, you know, the people in the building too, they're like, Oh man, we're really appreciative of that. You know, we can look at this and see what we're eating. So yeah, the transparency is a huge thing with us for sure. Mm-hmm. We want to, you want to make sure you know what you're eating. And um, we also make sure that what you're eating is up to our standards and delicious. Yeah, the cool thing about it too is, you know, if you are calorie counting, all the information's on there. You know, if you want to log that, go for it. But I'd say the majority of our customers aren't that way. They just get them. They appreciate that it is a variety. It is portion controlled. They can eat it and not feel guilty about it is kind of the big thing. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to be very clear. Like, I've spent a good portion of this opening segment talking about kind of the, the healthy aspects. I don't want anyone to be watching this or listening to this and think like this is a bunch of salads or like weak soup this is like legit sandwiches uh breakfast hash we've had burritos i had a carnitas rice bowl from you guys i mean this is real good food so please don't misunderstand me I i just find it amazing that you guys take these dishes that are usually very sinful and kind of cheat meals Mm -hmm. and make them fit into people's normal lifestyles so it's not like oh, shoot, I just went to Chipotle and now I got to, you know, take a nap for three hours before my body kicks back in. Right. Um, so we talked a little bit about the, the the meal kit delivery service. You got those six different menu items that are going to be on each menu each week. How do you come up with those? Because they change every week. Yeah, they change every week. We have, you know, we've been doing this for five years. So, you know, when we talked about the the genesis of Clean Slate, that was five years ago, 2018. Um, so we... Uh, you know, it was difficult, especially doing all the plant-based um, options. We really had to think outside of the box and do a lot of R&D. 
But nowadays we have well over a hundred, if not closer to 200 recipes that we kind of cycle through on a, a seasonal basis. So we have a log, uh, we look back on that and we're like, all right, what haven't we done in a while? What could we kind of tweak and change the theme of, but we have a pretty good solid template of menus that we can kind of recycle, reuse, but in the customer's eyes, they're definitely, hopefully not getting sick of them, right? Cause you see something different every single week and you probably won't see the same thing for three months if you're getting meals delivered to your home. So we've also been lucky enough, you know, as we're growing, being able to hire other talented chefs and, um, our current executive chef, Amanda Sheeler, who you've had on the podcast before. She's amazing. She mm-hmm. is amazing. Uh, she's she put is. a whole new fresh spin on like our recipes that we've been doing, you know, so to have her fresh touch on things and like her, like just expertise in cuisine has been like, I think it's elevated our stuff even more oh, yeah. than it was before. So yeah, this, this year in particular, since we brought her on, uh, things have been really great. So if there's any old clean slate customers out there that haven't ordered in a while, like check out what we're doing now for sure. Yes. I would I would second that. So I, I'm really interested in the plant-based menu. And Dylan, you touched on this a little bit. And your answer or what you said before was kind of surprising. So I want to dig into it a little bit more. My kind of assumption was you guys started with the omnivorous menu and then kind of reverse engineered it. And we're like, okay, we can we can take lentils and you know replace the meat with that or sweet potatoes or or things along those lines. The way that you answered before, it sounds like you kind of start with the plant-based and then find ways to incorporate proteins onto the omnivorous menu. Is is that more what you guys' process is like? Definitely. That's the goal because it's a lot easier to start with, you know, a wholesome uh, meal that's full of plants and plant-based and then to add the meat than the the other way around, right? Like the Italian meal, that's a pretty hard one to kind of reverse engineer, yeah. although we managed to do it. I don't even know what we did. Sweet potatoes, maybe? <laughs> I think we but, did uh, roasted eggplant. Roasted there egg, you go. Yeah, which we, yeah. yeah, we have a roast eggplant sandwich on our cafe menu. But yeah, so we, we just start with whole ingredients, super clean, lots of variety like we kind of talked about, and then we add the, the meat option. Um, you know, because of that, we don't use a ton of dairy. I think like every there's not dairy uh, in the omnivorous meals every single week and there's usually maybe only one meal that has dairy so that's something too you know a lot of people nowadays have a dairy sensitivity i mean it's just it does a number on your stomach for a lot of people so that is another nice thing that we can just omit um we cater to a, a lot of uh allergies as well if people have dietary restrictions so we kind of have that mindset going into making the meals how can we make these as friendly as possible for everyone and that includes vegetarians and vegans as well so we kind of start with that that blank slate add a bunch of veggies add some wholeness kind of fill out our macros and then add the protein or whatever have you i am not a vegan at all i am a card carrying carnivore (laughs) and one of the first things i had when i came in was the buffalo cauliflower wrap and it's so simple like you guys are probably laughing at me because you're like that's like six ingredients that's such a simple thing it was delicious. Yeah, I came back and got it again because right. it was really good. I did not miss the meat. It had a nice little heat to it. It was awesome. So even if you are someone who loves meat, you can come in and have a great meal or you can order the, the plant-based menu and have a great time. Yeah, Dan, you don't really have to worry about your physique, I wouldn't say. But, you know, uh, <laughs> re- you know, as kind of studies are coming out and as people are kind of, um, you know, self-educating themselves about nutrition, we're realizing that eating 12 ounces of meat every single meal and a boatload of dairy isn't the best thing for you 
it's definitely okay in moderation if, if that's what you so choose. But, you know, making sure you get a variety of plants in your week is pretty important. And so that's kind of a, a low bar that we aim for. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. There are certain moments in your life that are so remarkable, you'll just never forget them. I distinctly remember the first time that I watched LeBron James play basketball and the first time I saw the original Star Wars. The sheer awe I had in those moments changed the way I look at basketball and movies, respectively, moving forward. The same goes to steak, thanks to certified Piedmontese. The rib cap at Casa Bovina is so rich, decadent, and fork tender that it is seared into my brain. But you don't have to dine at Casa Bovina to have that same life-changing experience. This beef is so delicious, even the average home cook can look like a superstar using these steaks, roasts, and ground beef. Trust me, I know from experience. Check out all the options on CertifiedPiedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN. H-O-P-P-E-N for 25% off your order. It's time to start creating new beef-centric memories that'll stay with you forever. And now, back to my guest. Now, I want to talk about you guys' favorite dishes, and not your absolute favorites, because I know, at least according to the last update on Instagram, we got soba noodles and chicken shawarma wrap is what you guys said were your favorites. But I want to tease some taste buds. If somebody's listening or watching this right now, and they're like, Okay, all this sounds good, but I want some examples of meals. Like, you guys go list a couple of your favorite dishes that are going to take some people who are listening right now and turn them into okay. Now I'm getting on Clean Slate uh, website and figuring out what, when, and what I'm ordering. Well, in my humble and professional opinion, uh, the Cubano is the best sandwich, hands down. You know, braised pork, ham. I love a Cuban. Yeah, Swiss cheese. <laughs> That's pickles, coming up mustard. this week. Yeah, well, so that'll be in the past. For this show, look <laughs> <laughs> um, forward to it. At, at the Cubano, I don't think there's a better sandwich. Um, and um, honestly, any of our pasta dishes. I mean, I'm I love I love carbs. Like <laughs> I love eating pasta all day, every I could, you know. Um, and then any of our like like you said, the soba noodles really good. But this week we're doing which won't be this week in the future. But. <laughs> but but it's okay what you like like you yeah. guys said these dishes will come up again so right. maybe someone uh-huh. listening to this isn't getting the cuban immediately but they can put it in their mind and be like i'm gonna be looking for the cuban in the yeah, future absolutely so yeah. the soba noodle dish you yeah were the soba about. noodle dish is always good it's got it's got a bunch of crunchy veggies on top it's got those carbs that i like and the pasta on the bottom and then usually either edamame with the plant-based or shrimp usually with the omnivorous meal and then like a delicious peanut sandball sauce over the top you know it just hits all those different uh, areas of taste. You know, you got your sweet and your spicy and your yeah. all the flavors and all the flavors. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's definitely a theme. We do a lot of Asian inspired um, flavors. Uh, yeah. I've, I've been to Vietnam and Japan on a, a study abroad for Metro and I just vacationed in Thailand and then Jamin's uh, honeymooning in Thailand and Vietnam later this year. Uh, but Asian food in general has like a huge, uh, huge part in our stomachs, Absolutely. I'd say. Yeah. So I think Asian flavors do a great job of balancing that sweet, salty, sour umami. Um, so yeah, we, we love doing those ingredients. Um, we have a Thai curry on the cafe menu. That's probably one of my favorites right now. It's Penang style curry. 
uh, cooked up with a bunch of veggies and we have like a ginger marinated chicken thigh or a marinated tofu over jasmine rice it's killer yeah there's a back on the the delivery meals like we have a crunch salad or a sometimes call it a detox salad depending on the ingredients it's shredded broccoli brussels sprouts cabbage like really hearty brassicas and greens it's not like a green salad uh loaded with ingredients it's a hefty salad got a bunch of different ingredients and pickled items and and whatnot um that's one of my favorites as well yeah too many to talk about but the nice thing is the variety right like you're always going to get something different yeah yeah you guys did a great job hitting different flavor spectrums different types of sandwiches pasta Mm -hmm. soup all kinds of different stuff you guys offer a very wide variety now this is going to seem like a very obvious question so i'm going to just set this one on the tee and let you guys take a really easy swing at it. A lot of people, I think, when they hear a meal delivery kit, the first thing that comes to their mind is a HelloFresh or um, a Blue Apron, Home Chef, stuff like that. Clean Slate is not at all like those, but I would love for you guys to just kind of tell me why. Dispel like any questions about how Clean Slate is different than those companies. I think first and foremost, we're, we're local, right? So we're, we're in the community and we deliver, you know, every Sunday, our deliveries go out to Lincoln, Omaha, Columbus, and Beatrice. And we're taking those deliveries, right? We do it every Sunday. We have a great group of uh, people are on our team that help us do it. But that's just like the first and foremost thing is like, we're hyper local. Um, yeah, we just had a conversation as the season approaches with one of our farmers that, um, is working with us directly and we have a few of those on board that we love getting the produce locally when we can obviously it's kind of impossible all year long but we're working towards that so it's definitely a good aspect yeah i yeah lo- working with local farmers and uh being part of the community is a huge thing for us and then um just the easier or like the more obvious side of things is that uh it all comes prepared ready to eat you don't have to do any preparation right We've done all the cooking for you. You either have to heat it up or eat it as is. Um, and that's really what makes it easy is that, you know, it's we're trying to save the person on the other end that's buying our food time, you know, because time is precious. Um, everyone's busy nowadays. Everyone's busy, you know, as as many things that like make uh, it seem like it's easier to get more stuff done. We're just getting we just have more stuff we're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, just it being ready to eat and that it it's simple. Yeah, it, it's three minutes out of the fridge, into the microwave, air fryer, whichever you prefer, and boom, you have a hot meal that is delicious. Yeah, I'd say the, you know, this obviously isn't a unique model either, right? There's plenty of prepared, fully prepared meal programs out there. There's, you know, there's some local ones as well, not to name any per se or throw any under the bus, but a lot of them are also, if they are focused on prepared meals, they are focused on like macronutrient specific and then the food just isn't there, right? Like it's just like a boiled piece of chicken breast over brown rice and, you know, like you'd be lucky if you get three types of different vegetables on there. Um, so we, again, I think we set ourselves apart by being cuisine driven first and foremost and then healthful second and the the convenience is, is probably the number one factor for mm-hmm. us. So we've talked a lot about the delivery service. I want to talk a little bit about the cafe and tease that out as well. So again, very new. I believe you guys opened in January of 2023 inside Millwork Commons. Just a real cozy little space, some great lighting from some plate glass windows. And you've got a, a so you've got like a, a refrigerated um, 
section where people can come in and just grab grab and go meals like we've talked about that might be in a weekly delivery kit or they can order food hot you've got about 15 menu items on the wall that can be ordered at the counter a lot of breakfast sandwiches lunches salads stuff like that as we've mentioned you guys have hundreds of recipes at this point over the years of doing this how did you take all those things many of which are very near to your heart and just minimize them down to here's this tiny little menu that we know we can execute on, you know, here in this moment. I think it's pretty simple. It kind of went back to what Jamin said. It's what do we want? What sounds good to us? Right? Like 100%. Yeah. Like that's pretty much all it took. Obviously we had to make sure that it was executable and doable and made sense from a cost perspective and stuff that people would eat. But we'd hope that, you know, most people that are, kind of foodies or, or, you know, health conscious at least would agree with our palates and so far so good, I would say. Who comes up with the daily special? Uh, it goes back and forth. You know, it's kind of like we, we figure out what do we have on hand and how can we make some money out of it? Honestly. Yeah. Um, this, this, uh, this week we are doing like the pork carnitas Benedict, um, green chili hollandaise, you know, it's just, I know I just thought it sounded good, honestly. Yeah. It's over a, sourdough english muffin uh we got a, a killer bread program going shout out we, andrew novak yeah yeah he's he's a talented chef over at boiler room and good friend of ours and helps us out one day a week uh helping us with our bread program so we make sourdough we make ciabatta from scratch we make these these english muffins uh the flour is coming from miller dorman farms local farmer Love here. Them. Yep. yeah it's killer stuff so yeah gotta plug the bread coming for the bread again you know, there's, we have, we're health conscious, but there, there's some guilty pleasures on there for sure. Another thing with the, the cafe menu is like when we're making the meal delivery kits, you know, we have to think about longevity, mm. you know, how, how is this going to hold up, you know, and like make sure that when our the person who buys it, you know, it's going to be good for them for their entire week, this stuff, we're making it hot, fresh, ready to go. It's ready to eat, you know, like, yeah, we can be a little more creative. We don't, we're not limited by that shelf life factor. Yeah. And that's, that's been a, a really fun thing. Cause we both come from restaurant backgrounds and that's like been our biggest. Um, I mean, that's how I learned how to cook was just in a restaurant. Uh, you know, John Benton, someone else you've had under your, on your podcast. He was my first executive chef and taught me what it was like to work in an actual kitchen and not a pizza place. So, um, you, you guys have done your homework. You know who I've had on the show. I'm impressed. Oh, yeah. I've listened. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Entertaining show. Thank yeah. you. Dang. I, I, I actually have fans. Who knew? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I love it. Yes. Uh, it is nice, you know, just touching on that real quick. Uh, obviously, you have great connections within the, the community. And the Omaha food scene is so tightly knit. And it's so cool how people kind of bring bring each other up, right? Like, yeah, yes, restaurants trade chefs and there's some competition, but it's like super healthy competition. So it's a cool little little food community for sure. And yeah, thanks. So thanks for plugging it together and being a part of that. I am a very, very small part of it. Let's stop talking about me and get back to you guys. <laughs> so, you know, you, you guys mentioned you you grew up in restaurants. Restaurants were your thing. And then you you moved to this uh meal delivery um side of it where you know you're not you're still cooking in a kitchen, but it's not a restaurant kitchen. You're not seeing diners try your food and everything. How fun has it been for you guys to kind of scratch that itch again where you're you're back in the kitchen and it's, hey, fire this, fire this, or, you know, there's tickets coming up. Like, 
probably a little bit of PTSD that comes along with that too. But 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 what's that been for you guys? Kind of getting back in that mode as well. You know, um, from having like worked in you know worked on a line and a bunch of different restaurants where you're working till like eleven or ten, eleven midnight sometimes, cleaning up the line and just getting your butt kicked from tickets coming in. It was a nice shift from uh, you know going to like being able to like know plan out my day and this is what i need to get done and then that's when i'm done i'm done you know um no surprises usually dependent yep but um but honestly like i love i love line cooking like um it's what i'm good at so uh being able to like start this back up and running back and yelling at you know our our kid zach who's on the line who's he does a great job i'm like all right let's go fire this you got this up you know just yelling at him and yeah, it's just fun. It's kind of under pressure a little bit. It's uh-huh. oh yeah, it's, it's a, heart, heart. It's addicting. Heart yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. It's a bit addicting and really fun. Like I think most people within the industry would say that, right? Like because it's it can be brutal working nights and weekends and holidays and stressful hour, you know, stressful long hours. Um, but people keep coming back to it, right? It's fun. And for us, it's like a, just a little mini version of that because. We just do breakfast and lunch and breakfast is, is a bit slow. So come check us out for breakfast. Um, and then lunch, we just get like a real nice pop from all the businesses kind of on their lunch hour. And then it kind of, kind of fades down. So it's nothing, we're not like a, a 200 cover restaurant by any means, you know, we're, we're serving about 30 people a day, but it's, it's super fun to get the taste of that too. All right. Let's get a little bit more into the background. You guys have mentioned briefly how you met, you met at venue but we have back of house, we have front of house. I, I feel like there, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's not normally a ton of crossover between those two worlds in a restaurant. How did you guys meet and become like super good friends? I mean, you know, um, Dylan Dylan has the interest in food. You know? Right. So Went like being, mental, able, yeah. being able to go out after, you know, after a long shift and talk to him about food till two in the morning. I mean, that... That, that definitely helped it. And I think one of our first conversations is about starting a food truck. Mm-hmm. The grilled cheese oh, really? food truck. Yeah, yeah. grilled yeah. cheese food truck. Yeah, I think it was that was one of our first. And then the next one was like an Asian fusion one called Saigon Cilantro. Yeah. You know, so we've had, we but, you know, we've always like had this like entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial spirit about it and wanted to do our own thing. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, we learned a lot working under other people but always had that itch to kind of do something our own way and you know hopefully do it better at least you know we naively thought so <laughs> it's a lot of hard work but yeah we yeah, just we just wanted to get out and and do something together that'd be really fun because we do kind of both have different skill sets for sure you know i spent most of my time in front of house um and jamin the opposite so yeah we bring some different perspectives to the to business for sure. What are those different perspectives? How do you guys balance each other? Yeah. Or complement each other. That would be a better way to put it. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Though, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, Compliment yeah. and balance. Yeah. For sure. Totally. Jamin's really good at like delegating and managing the staff back there and like kind of keeps the, the kitchen staff like on one mission, right? And I think most of the time I'm kind of focused on like a, a larger picture or like where can we kind of steer this business for the most part? Um, yeah, so it, it definitely takes, takes two for sure. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, when, uh, I always heard like when you, when you're a business owner, you need to be working on your business, not in your business. Right. And so Dylan's definitely like has that overall picture thing going on. And I'm just like in the trenches, like, let's get this done. What needs to be done? Is it dishes? Is it doing a delivery route? Is it making sure that all the caterings go out? 
Yeah, because we do it all. Yeah, we're we're scrubbing the floors at the end of the day with the rest of them. So taking the trash out. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, so we talked about this whole thing came to be because was it UNMC? I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Uh, UNMC was looking for some some good meals for their doctors, mm-hmm. and and they asked you to put some stuff together. As you're doing that for the first time, was there any idea in your head this could be a business, or when did that light bulb kind of go on for you? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I like Jamin said, kind of that entrepreneurial mindset. I've always like since I was pretty young, always kind of had that. Like, all right, how can we like turn this into a hustle, right? But probably not in the moment there that that idea struck up i think it was like a slow burn for sure um so yeah the caterings were kind of my own thing like it was some pretty low brow you know design work chef dylan thompson catering like here's a crumpled up business card um and then the meals yeah it, it didn't i didn't expect it to just pop off like that like i mentioned there was like 18 people that first week, I remember we're like, all right, we want in. And, you know, we were like taking Venmo and like writing people's information down and Facebook messaging and, and all that. And like, didn't think it would surmount to much, but we were wrong. It literally never stopped since that first week. Like we've, you know, we've taken some holiday weeks off or whatever have you, but back in 2018, that, that first week, it, it just hasn't stopped. It kind of snowballed ever since. So yeah, we we started to get a bit serious about it. Um, like, hopefully, no one from the IRS is listening. But we didn't even think about taxes until like four months in or something. Like, we were we were just pocketing money, and you know, yeah. One of our our mentors was like, "Hey, do you guys know what you're doing? Like, what are you doing with your money?" And we're like, "We're just like taking it, and we're buying more food, and right. then we're doing it again." Yeah, like we we knew we were. Uh, getting away with something we shouldn't be but um yeah then we, so i guess like i mentioned it was a slow burn we're like all right this is getting real like we have some actual cash flow like we need to get serious about this so yeah i i wrote down like 25 different names for the business and just like no that's dumb that's dumb and the one that kind of stood out was clean slate um cuz you know we believe like you kind of start your week with a a fresh slate and you know it's all about clean eating clean food and so Clean Slate Food Co. Here we are. I love it. Um, I totally just lost my train of thought. <laughs> I had a really good follow-up to that, and I just lost it. Um, so we're, we're talking back in 2018, and you mentioned that there are a couple other meal delivery services like this now, but I think it was much less so back then. That's five, six years ago at this point. Was there any fear in your mind that, like, people aren't really going to get this or was it more just like, yes, this is a really good idea. Let's run with it. I think we knew we had value, right? Like we knew that this made sense and we were, you know, even cheaper back then. Like everything's more expensive nowadays, but like the value was just unmatched. Like you can't go to the grocery store, buy all this food, prepare it and get this amount of meals for that price. Like it's just impossible. You know, you go to the grocery store, you buy bulk of this or something, you have leftover ingredients, stuff goes in the waste in the waste basket. But anyway, we knew we had value there and we knew we had a good product, put a lot of effort into it. Um, so we knew it was going to stick. We just, it was a matter of getting the name out there. And I think still to this day, you know, I think we're, we're underserved a little bit. I think we can definitely do more. And I think we can get into more Omaha and Lincoln homes for sure. So yeah, we're just, 
trying to get the name out there. And yes, nowadays, like there is more competition. It's definitely more saturated and food's crazy expensive. So I think it's maybe a bit harder for people to look at that, the number, the dollar number for six meals and be like, oh yeah, no problem. But really, you know, down to brass tax, like same thing. You go to the grocery store and you can't make these six meals for the, for the same price. So we know, we know it's there. We know it works. Um, COVID definitely proved that for us as well. We kind of saw a big old spike in business when COVID first happened, you know, the shutdown occurred, people were at home, you know, people didn't know what was going on. Um, especially like immunocompromised people were like, I don't know what we're going to do with food and groceries. Um, so the home delivery was huge, uh, for them or for most people. And we capitalized that not to capitalize on a terrible situation, but we were a solution for a lot of people. So, and then you see a ton of different restaurants, like, all right, our doors are closed for two months. Like we need to pivot. And like a lot of restaurants went to delivery. Um, some worked out, some didn't, but luckily we're ahead of the curve on that. So we got super lucky in that sense. So I want to get to that idea of, of getting the word out about clean slate. And I'm, I'm always fascinated when a new restaurant opens, how they market themselves how they let people know about themselves the thing about restaurants is even if they don't do a good job marketing some people will just drive by or happen in and just be like oh okay i'll I'll give this a shot today that's obviously i mean it can happen now with clean slate because Mm -hmm. you guys have the cafe there are businesses there are apartments around there but when you started your meal delivery service if you're not the ones getting your name out there and getting some word of mouth advertising from customers nobody's finding out about it how did you get the word out and let people know this is something that's happening and it's it's really cool. It's unlike anything in the market right now. Yeah. Well, the first couple of months, like I, you know, kind of alluded to, we were a bit desperate and we were Facebook messaging people like, oh, Hey, yeah. do you want to order meals from us? Like it's really good. It was a lot of it was a lot of friends' moms <laughs> who supported us and were like and we're like, Yeah, I'll yeah, we'll buy this this week, I guess, to help you out. Right. Um, and then from there I think it was mostly social media. Dylan was in charge of all that. Um honestly, word of mouth was yes. the biggest thing, like people yeah. telling other people about it. And it's kind of kind of that's the way it spread, you know. I think I know you said like total amount of customers we've like over 1500 2000 people yeah nowadays closer to like 2500 that we've we have served like the people that have ordered at one point in in their lives and that's still just such a, a drop in the bucket compared to like you know what between, could happen yeah, yeah mm-hmm. between lincoln and omaha the amount of people that you know haven't heard about us that would be interested in something like this so totally it's not for everyone but i think it could benefit a lot of people's weekly weekly life for sure I remembered my follow-up question when I had a brain fart about <laughs> nice. three minutes ago. So obviously you guys are very experienced in the kitchen, even front of house experience, but there's so much more that comes to running a business. And you were talking about it with the taxes. You didn't even realize, Hey, you know, we've got to, we've got to do something with this. <laughs> well, yeah, we do something. And, and then you start hiring employees. Like how do you hire and train employees? Do you have to have some kind of an HR department or who handles the HR responsibilities? Simple, like how do you, do you guys give yourself a crash course in the things that weren't like they're related to food, but aren't directly related to food, kind of the more business aspect of it. It's all been trial by fire. Oh yeah. Like at first, you know, it was like mostly friends that were like, Hey, I need a part-time job or, you know, you're gonna, uh, I need some extra hours and, you know, sometimes when you hire your friends, um, you know, they expect you to be friendly at work and you need to be, you know, a person that 
is in charge of getting things done. Right. So we've, you know, we still work. We're lucky enough that like a good portion of our staff are people that uh, we care about and are friends. But we've started to, especially since we moved to Omaha, have been hiring people that we don't know, you know, and we've learned a couple We've learned, we've learned, we've learned about some people I and, mean, you know, there's some good people that have come out of it and there's a couple people that are lasted a day, you know? Yeah. Personnel is something we'll always like continue to learn about. And it's always like an ever changing landscape. It's been really interesting, like doing the whole hiring and HR and all that, which HR is kind of, you know, barely there for us, but we're, we're, we just like, we can rest knowing that we're just, we're human and we have, we're respectful. We hope we're respectful to our employees, we hope they think so. Um, and we just take it day by day and like, you know, understand that everyone's human. Right. And, and so, and that's just kind of most things business that we've had to learn. It's like, all right, we're just human. There's another human out there with the resources and the knowledge. Um, like I'm, I definitely think like Jamin has taken entrepreneur classes, um, in college and, and same here, but you don't learn hardly anything that you'll learn like out there on the streets do, uh-huh. doing the thing. So, and that's, that's always going to be the case. Like you just have to do it and get in there and questions will arise and a ton of things that you don't know will arise and you just have to find the answer for it. Like, I, yeah, we don't have that skill set or at least didn't. And we just had to gain those skills as we went. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of, yeah. Learning things as they go, as you go, I suppose. A lot of hard lessons learned for sure. Like, you know, maybe if we were to do it again, like we'd kind of take a step back and, you know, Re- reassess before we like jump into certain things um but nonetheless yeah it, you you wouldn't do it if you knew what it took right like a lot of people say that and like that's probably true for us too but i'm i'm glad we did i'm glad we've we've learned along the way it's just something you got to do what's an example of something that you just had to do that maybe if you could like it's a double-edged coin because you wish that you hadn't done it because maybe it was a mistake but you also learned from it and grew from it. Can you think of an example of something along those lines, like what you were just saying? Yeah. Examples. <laughs> I'd say the biggest one that was like really heavy on us is this new space, like getting into the new space. Um, you know, we we built a plan and and did you know all the things we were supposed to do, but um, the the funds were the issue, and so we kind of like got into this letter of intent with the beautiful Ashton building in Millwork Commons and, and went down that route without like having a for sure secured uh, funding to do so. And like, you know, we, we told ourselves we'll kind of figure it out along the way and it like quickly caught up to us. And it was like the project came to like a screeching halt and it definitely was hard for us, the business, you know, all the people like on the other side of the coin, all the professionals that were affecting. So it was, it was super hard on us to, yeah, like jump into that and not like be like, oh, we bit off way more than we could chew and then kind of trying to, you know, play catch up and, and get to where we need to. And we did it, right? We eventually got the funds, got the construction finished and got in there. Um, but it was a super hard lesson learned. But again, I, you know, if we probably would have never done it, right? We'd still be like renting space in Lincoln a little bit basement dingy kitchen and that's where we'd be so which we still have which we still have yeah, <laughs> we, we still have a little dingy kitchen in lincoln right. that we run some caterings out of for sure but yeah just like dylan said yeah i guess if you if you don't know you're gonna bite off more than you can chew like 
are you going to? It's not mm-hmm. going to do it. You got to right. bite eventually right. and just see. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think, you know, from where we are at now, comparatively to a year ago, like I'm pretty proud of where we are. Mm-hmm. You should be. So you guys had established yourself as this, as a meal delivery service. Was there always kind of like that bug in the back of your mind that, you know, we'd like to open a restaurant or something with a storefront as well? Or, or when did the idea of the cafe kind of start to germinate? Yeah. Like, I think it was a, you know, a combination of like, yeah, like you were mentioning, like people seeing us physically and learning about us, like that had to happen because we just weren't getting the word out, you know, well enough just online and word of mouth. So it's really nice to have a physical presence and the, the Ashton building in Millwork is like, it's so cool. And it's such a community driven thing that we just fell in perfectly with that sort of concept within their space. So that was super important to us. And yeah, the, you know, the meal prep's fun and it is really is what allows us to do cooler things because it's the foundation of our business. But then the cafe is where we can, you know, experiment and do some really interesting things on the, on the hot menu. Um, so it's been super fun and we have much more you know going on in the near future um that we can do because of of the meal business the delivery business yeah touching on like the community of the ashton building um you know comb flower creamery opened up right next door to us and like symbiotic relationship with them having a line outside their door every day you know they're gonna pop people are gonna pop their head and be like, oh what's oh food nice right and then across the hallway from us is cross strain brewing and we just wrote a bar bites menu for them that we're going to launch here in the next week or so. So yeah, maybe by the time out. this comes out, it'll be ready. It'll be popping. Right. There wait, you go. Wait, wait. Banging. Banging. <laughs> yes. It'll be banging at that point. Yes. Good callback. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got archetype coffee. So people are coming yeah. in for coffee. They're passing your cafe. Sweet Magnolia's bake shops right back there. You've got businesses above you. You've got apartments right across the street. I love that area so much. And, not even mentioning uh, Dolomiti Pizza, which is going to be mm-hmm. open hopefully later this summer. Cannot mm-hmm. wait for that. But, I mean, that is an area that is just growing exponentially. And, yeah, I mean, it sounds like there were some frustrations getting things off the ground. But the mm-hmm. opportunity to just get more eyeballs and get more awareness and have people go, wait, what is what is clean slate? Yeah, exactly. And stop in. Like, I'm sure you can put a dollar amount on that. But in some ways, like, you can't. Mm-hmm. Like, just that that um that marketing is just invaluable yeah i think took the word out of my mouth that was perfect Dylan. I think I also was, a yeah. big a big question we always got to is where are you located right you mm. know having having like to explain to the general public that at, at the time before we opened this that we're, we're just a, we're in a catering kitchen we don't have a storefront you can't come get anything from us it that's that's just been a huge now now we're able to be like 12 1, 2, 3, 3, millwork avenue come check us out dude Right. Yeah. Like Coneflower, you know, they just opened up their second location right next, right next door to us. And they have a well-established name for themselves and they've been open a bit longer than us, six years, but you know, we're still a baby in the sense of the community in that eyes of like having, you know, a foothold within a a space, right? Like we, we just started. And so I think it's really going to help getting our our name out there when we have this physical location. Mm Mm-hmm. Obviously, Clean Slate has come a long ways in just, what, five or six years since 2018. And this past year, opening the cafe was a big step for you guys. But when you look to the future, what do you see in the future of Clean Slate? 
That's a really good question, you know, because <laughs> most most days we're just wrapped up in the day to day. Like, how are we going to knock this out and get through this week? But uh, we've got a 20 person private dining room attached to the restaurant that we're really excited to be able to like host uh, wine dinners and beer dinners and like kind of do get back to that, like fine dining side of things that Dylan's super talented at both on like the wine side and in the culinary side, you know? Um, and then, yeah, just keep, keep growing like the, where we reach people, I suppose, you know, the corporate caterings, like, so we do uh huddle in Lincoln Monday through Friday. And then we have four other corporate caterings in Omaha that we're doing. And so, you know, just being able to like grow a team that can, uh, you know, uh, accomplish all these goals, you know, cause we want to feed people. That's our goal. We want to feed as many people as we can mm-hmm. have fun doing it, you know, and again, feed people with what we want to eat. Right. And so, yeah, many different avenues to do that. And yeah, we're grinding away in all of those avenues. All so right. Keep growing. Well, you guys are doing great. I've got two more questions that I like to ask just about everybody I have on this podcast. And since you guys actually listen to the show, thank you again. You, 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 you might've been able to prepare for these a little bit. No for, preparation done. For, <laughs> first one is what is one thing about restaurants, the restaurant industry, just maybe the food industry in general that diners don't understand that you wish they did understand? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, you know, the, the amount of hours and the hours that we work, you know, um, while, while most people are hanging out with their families and their friends, we're, we're working. Yeah. We're putting our passion into it. And yeah, like, you know, appreciation goes a very long way. Right. Like if, yeah, if people are, I mean, most, I would say the vast majority of people are really good about it, but like appreciation when someone like pops in, it's like, Oh, thank you chefs. Like that was a great meal. Like we, that goes so far with us, right? Like, you know, you don't need to do that, but when people are appreciative of the food we we serve them, like our mission is accomplished, right? Like we set we accomplish what we set out to do, and that's just make people happy with food. Um, yeah, it's been it's been able it's been nice to have that immediate gratification from that from people being like, "That was great. Thanks for thanks for cooking that for me." You know, we'll be back, and. We've uh, we've got a lot of regulars so far. We got you know I'm I'm getting better at like rem- remembering faces and names when they come in. Like hey, good to see you again, you know. And I feel like that's just growing every single day that we have people that are just keep coming back. And you know if we can keep them coming back, they're gonna tell their friends. They're gonna keep coming back. So well, yeah, I imagine that's a huge boon to be able to get that on the spot feedback because most people, even if they love a meal that they ordered, probably aren't gonna like go on. Yep. social media email whatever it might be and tell you guys hey i this salmon i absolutely loved it you yeah. did a great job on it they'll probably just eat it and then maybe they'll order again but you don't get that that feedback to be able to actually hear yes we're like making people happy i mean you suppose that mm-hmm. but to get that confirmation that has to be something that just gives you a little bit of a little bit of pep yeah most people go online well i shouldn't say most but Unfortunately, a large chunk of like review culture is negative, right? Like people, there's so many people out there will will only post a review if it's negative, right? They had a terrible experience. They have to tell people about this so they don't experience the same thing, you know, get their two cents out there and be heard. But like all feedback is good, right? Like neutral feedback, like, hey, this was great, but this could have improvement. Amazing feedback is great and negative feedback. Like, so I guess 
telling the layperson that's not in the industry, like more feedback is what helps us grow for sure. Whether some chefs want to hear that or not, <laughs> uh, I think all feedback is good. Wonderful. And then to get you guys out of here on a positive note, what's your favorite thing about being a part of the food restaurant industry? Uh, the people. Yeah. My, some of my best friends. Yeah. I think the people, yeah. The people that we work with side by side for sure. Like we're, you know, we're in the trenches with and, and making it happen with, and then the customers too, especially the positive customers. Yeah. The, <laughs> the customers that like make it worthwhile too. Right. Like, you know, yeah. People that are super grateful for what we do. That's, that's what makes it worth it for sure. Yeah. Being Love able it. to bounce ideas off of, uh, other professionals that are also your friends and just uh, that want to see you grow. Love it. All right. This is a spot in the podcast where I give my plug for the place. And these guys make amazing food. Like whether you want to order uh, from the weekly delivery kit, whether you just want to stop into Millwork Commons and grab something, say, Hey, I don't have time right now, but I need something for work for lunch or whatever. These meals reheat really well. They're delicious. But I would encourage you to stop into the cafe and get one of these meals hot. They are really, really good. They they fit into your diet, but they're also just, they're delicious. Like the ways that these guys bring flavors out is really, really special. And guys, I appreciate all the hard work that you've gone through to get Clean Slate to this point, to get the cafe up and running. And I appreciate you taking the time today. I mean... You guys were open this morning. You did breakfast, you did lunch, and then you came here and you did this dopey podcast. So (laughs) thank you so much for taking your time out this afternoon and and, uh, coming and chatting with me. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. We appreciate you. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.